0: You know, I got some advice a couple years ago from someone I really respect, you know, do things that scare you. And so that was my philosophy with this.
1: And so if you surround yourself only with people who are conventional thinkers or think the same way, you've actually got a problem, right?
2: I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week on Sand Hill Road, one person's experience making the jump to venture capital. This episode first ran in the winter of 2021, but stick around for an update at the end.
0: Um, I still haven't gotten a clear answer from them about how that relates to the previous technology. A lot of scientists have said to me, what am I missing here?
2: That's tape of my friend Christina Farr from a few years back, asking hard questions as a journalist about a startup called Theranos. Christina was a good reporter. Now, she's still around, perfectly healthy. I say was because Christina has moved from reporting to venture capital.
0: And Chrissy Chrissy is totally fine. We can keep things informal.
2: Chrissy yeah. is terribly smart, but writing about an industry doesn't make you good at that industry. The writers at Road & Track Magazine don't need to know how to build a car and probably can't.
0: So I'm learning on the job right now. I'm learning essentially how to build a car, but um, the VC equivalent of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm only a few months into the, the job, but... You know, actually doing it, like you said, is very different than, you know, being sort of around people and chronicling their adventures in the industry. So I'm seeing kind of how the sausage gets made at this at this point.
2: This week, what it takes to start a career as an investor. I called up Chrissy's boss.
1: For whatever reason, in venture capital, hiring has historically been really cloaked in secrecy.
2: Jabu Palaniopin is managing partner at Canada's Omer's Ventures, working out of London, England. He recently posted new openings looking for more people to join his team. I asked him to read what he posted. I'd love for you to to read from it, if you would. It starts, so what are we looking for?
1: So what are we looking for? Simply put, we care more about what you can bring to the table than what you've done in your past. To succeed in these roles, you will will need to be a self-starter with grit and the ability to persevere to have both strong analytical skills and the ability to build networks from a standing start. And above all else, a demonstrable passion for helping founders build era-defining companies. You can be a founder, operator, consultant, lawyer, or none of the above. It doesn't matter if you've never worked at a VC firm.
2: I think many of us as adults, and I realize that post is about more junior-level things, but still adults, are very uncomfortable going into a situation where we have learned one career and now we're learning a second and we're at that boardroom table and we hear a term that we don't know, you know, we, we left college a long time ago. We left a career in, in Chrissy's case, journalism to go to a new thing in which we're grownups and we're in a situation where we are unfamiliar. It sounds as if you are not penalizing those employees for raising their hands and saying, "Wait a minute, EBITDA, never heard of the thing."
1: The entire process is about learning, and it doesn't matter if you start that learning cycle at 22 or at 52. And and in our minds, um, the process of how you come together, how you formulate opinions, how you think, how that evolves, is what's going to um, is what's going to make it great. I think the other thing that's really interesting is. We work in an industry where the entire premise is about finding something that is different, that is disruptive, that is new.
0: People are talking about terminology and and you're sitting there thinking like, I've never even heard of this
2: before. Christina Farr, formerly of CNBC, now at Omers. But,
0: you know, I got some advice a couple years ago from someone I really respect that, you know, do things that scare you. And so that was my philosophy with this. Is it? Is it, there's things about it that I will find very familiar and there's things about it that will be new. And if it scares me, that means I'm doing the right thing.
1: And so if you surround yourself only with people with who, who are conventional thinkers or think the same way, you've actually got a problem, right? The best investments, the best returns, the best historical exits have all been, quote, non-consensus.
0: We spend a lot of time, Scott, as journalists asking questions and figuring out kind of how do we get to the right answer? You know, what are some of the best companies? And we also pick winners because, it, you know, imagine you're covering, say, the social media beat. Um, you want to be the person that is the one that pays attention to Jack Dorsey before everyone else knows who Jack Dorsey is. And the reason for that is because when Twitter becomes this big successful company and has its IPO, Jack Dorsey will still pick up the phone when, when you call because you paid attention to him when no one when no one else would. And I think venture is very similar. We're also picking winners. So I'm trying to sort of ap- apply the same questioning and research skills to this new role that I, I really learned over my Decade or so in in the journalism field.
1: So you actually want people who are different, who challenge you, who push and question.
2: Jambu poet Lani Oppen.
1: A big part of I think what makes somebody successful is the ability to identify what those companies that are going to be world changing are, and build relationships with founders to help support those companies through growth. So um, I think the 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 reality of of I think venture capital is that. You have to be very good at a lot of different things, right? And, and, and so that sort of broad, uh, generalist view, but, but having a high degree of depth in, you know, uh, financial literacy in, uh, how to uh, be a great listener and coach in how to think about, um, you know, M and A and how to support companies through inorganic growth, how to think about really challenging, uh, people topics always being a salesperson for your companies, um, that's a pretty diverse skill set as well. And so people have to have the kind of willingness to, to learn that.
2: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
0: edu podcast.
2: I think it's a credit to you as a boss and, and the organization that if you and I were to both create venture capital firms from scratch, my first temptation might be to go to Wall Street and say, all right, show me everyone who went to Harvard Business School in this investment bank. Come with me. We're going to form a venture capital firm. While you're saying, yeah, a few of those people doesn't hurt to have them. But that a more diverse and and interesting I'm going to use that word interesting workforce may put you ahead of my firm.
1: And I think the reason is ultimately your customer here is the founders, right? And so let's let's use um, you know the example of most founders didn't go to Harvard Business School, right? And most founders didn't have that experience. Most founders um, aren't necessarily looking for people who did, right? And so the idea of How can you build a team that that relates to this broad group of people that you're uh, working with is a really important point. I think the other trend. Right. And and I think we all see the importance of increasing the diversity of the startup, um, the startups that we support and the types of founders that we support is if your team comes from uh, different backgrounds, regions, cultures then your portfolio is going to as well. And and we know that there's so much, you know, unearthed opportunity there um, as well. So, so I think it is, it is a kind of virtuous circle.
2: Sketch out a path for venture capital for those who are interested, who are listening to this and, and say, you know what, I, this is something I would like to look into. What are the first sort of steps they should be taking, regardless of what their current career is? What should they be studying up on or what should they know about or what is the first step that, that gets them down that path?
1: Yeah. I think the first thing to really acknowledge, and it's just the reality of the situation is there are not that many seats, right? Just in terms of absolute numbers, there are not that many seats. So a search for a venture capital job is not a three month exercise. In, in many cases, it's a three year exercise, right? So I think people should just be realistic about the time horizon that, you know, it may take. That doesn't mean they should be any, um, Less interested in it, but I think it's just important to acknowledge that. I think the second area is um, beyond just relationships and networking and outreach. I think one of the ways to stand out is to provide value. And so even if you're not a full time VC, even if you're working in uh, sales or product management or uh, something else, there are ways to communicate and share value that may mean Writing a medium post about the most interesting startups in a particular sector that you have an interest in, putting that up and maybe sharing that with the venture capital firms that have uh, interest in that space. Becoming uh, 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 an angel investor is another way that a lot of folks get into it with small personal investments in um, in in early stage startups to get a feel for uh you know what that can look like. Now, not everybody has the ability to to do that. So um I think the idea of becoming an expert is probably the one that I've seen translate to a network. And that network then translates to, hey, you know what, we've got an open role. We should talk to that person who's an expert on uh you know AI because we're gonna be making a lot of AI investments. So so that's that's sort of the short version of, of I think the the way um I've seen most people successfully you know break in.
2: Those are my questions for you, but is there something you'd like to touch on?
1: No, listen. I think I think there is a great myth that um, VCs are, you know, this uh, group of people that are great pickers, right? But I actually think, in many ways, the picking of companies is not the hardest part of the job. I think the hardest part of the job is figuring out how you want to approach and build relationships with founders to earn their trust, so that. Your long-term horizon, right? You think about the life cycle of a company or a venture capital fund, a 5, 10, 20 year horizon is strong enough so that the next time around, founders come and say, listen, this person was there with me, not just through the glory days and the bell ringings and the IPOs, but through the really tough, really hard times, right? I think startups run glamorous. A lot of people know that. I certainly know that from my time, um, at Uber and Uber Eats, but, um, the, the, the support that I think, um, VCs can provide is the most important part of the job, um, and and you know we're really grateful to, um, to to have a team that that really believes in it.
2: Excellent, Jabu, I appreciate your time. Thank you ever Thanks so. Thanks
1: a lot, Scott. I got to I got to say I, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I grew up watching you on TV. So this right. is a, when I got your email, this is kind of a big deal for me. So I really appreciate it.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks ever so much. No problem. Those interviews are from an episode that first ran in February of 2021. Now, an update this week from Chrissy Farr, who now has a little bit more than a year's experience as an investor. Let me start with the question I always love to ask the most uh, because it's just so interesting. And that is, what have you learned? What have you learned between when we first spoke and now?
0: Um, I've learned that the pandemic was going to go on for a lot longer than any of us suspected. I think when we last spoke, Scott, it was, it truly looked like it was coming to a close. And then we got hit with this new variant and, um, I got COVID, my whole family got COVID. It was, it was a whole thing over the holidays, but we're all recovered now. And I think finally, you know, we're feeling optimistic.
2: And in that time as a brand new venture capitalist, have you funded a company?
0: I have founded a company, so I'm actually wearing uh, the t-shirt today. Um, Health Happens in Community is their slogan. The company is called Oath. And it just really spoke to me, the mission, because it's an it's an app for new parents and parents to be. Um, you get access to uh, other people at the same stage of pregnancy, postpartum, and also in the pediatric journey as you, as well as a whole clinical team. You know, your lactation consultant, your doula, all those folks that are so essential, Um in the first months of your kid's life, um, so that that is oath, and we are so proud to be backers in their seed.
2: What was that like doing the first your first funding? Um, I know you don't sign a check, uh, but was there a bit of of unease about boy? I'm spending somebody else's money. I hope I get this right.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my mind, I was literally going to be sitting down and writing a check. So that's. Apparently not how it works, but you still absolutely get hit with that same fear of you know this is real money and um and we're essentially kind of giving millions away to this team, but you know that's what conviction is. You just really believe in, and that's the right founders. This is the right mission, the right product, the right time, and it's a journey. It could take years. That's how startups are. But um, we absolutely believe in them, and and we want to be there for all of it, the ups, the downs, for everything.
2: I know you're also very interested in the mental health space. You've been writing about it on Substack. Uh, This is a situation where lots of people need mental health care. uh, And thanks to technology, we can reach so many more of them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone who's been watching digital health play out will have seen the rise of companies like Talkspace and BetterHelp. It's been absolutely meteoric in the past five years. Nowadays, venture capitalists are starting to see more opportunities to treat people with more severe mental health issues. And those are the populations that have really been left out. You know, these are these are people who need a very specialized type of therapy. They may even need to actually see someone in person or just stay at a facility. Um, and right now, what we tend to have is more just app-based therapy visits. So I think that's what you're going to see, Scott, in the next few years is just more solutions for people with eating disorders, with bipolar, and, and plenty of other conditions where there's just so much need and, and not nearly enough support.
2: Well, I wish you the best of luck on your next venture.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Christina Farr of Omer's. Chrissy writes a Substack newsletter called Second Opinion. You can find it at ovsecondopinion.substack.com. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.